Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time today. We thank you for the many that are here today, for our women that are just away, uh, being blessed by your presence and your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit would just fall in this place right now. God, that uh, the power, Father, to heal and to deliver, uh, Father, the power to hear. Let us... Uh, let us hear what your word is saying. We don't want to walk out of this place just being hearers of your word, but we want to be doers of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. The uh, message this morning, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, the blessing of obedience, the blessing that you will receive. The Bible speaks about it over and over again, and I'm going to cover that. But the blessing that you, you've been there, maybe you're there, you obey God's word. Now, I know that I've been there, you've been there, maybe you're there right now. We all think that we know better than God. So uh, when it comes to marriage, we, we know what God's word says about marriage, but we have our own way and we think that we know better than God, so we do marriage our way. When it comes to our finances, we think that we know better than God, so we do, you know, uh, finances our way. Uh, when it comes to relationships, we think that we know better than God. And so we do relationships our way. But God says that if you will do it my way, remember Isaiah, he says, you know, that my ways are higher than your ways. Remember where he says, so are my ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And so if you will just grab a hold of that, and if you're living a frustrated life right now, and you're tired of living a frustrated life, if you'll just listen, but not just listen, but if you will listen and hear and then uh, put into action or to obey God's word, God will change your life so that you will live a rich, uh, fulfilling life. We're going to start in Luke chapter 4. And in Luke chapter 4, uh, Jesus is preaching. This is his first message, the first uh, sermon that he ever preached, at least according to Luke's gospel. And uh, it says in verse 14 that uh, Jesus returned to Galilee, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power, and reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised. Uh, just kind of remember that. He was praised by everyone. First message, uh, and there, I mean, he's receiving praise by everyone. Anyway, when he came to the village of Nazareth, uh, his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of it found the place where this was written. This is the prophetic word about the Messiah. And it says that Isaiah written almost 700 years before Jesus was born, but Isaiah, under the power and anointing and anointing of the Holy Spirit, writes this prophetic word about the Messiah, that when he shows up, this is what the Messiah will do. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and blind will see and the oppressed will be set free. And at that time... The Lord's favor has come. And he rolled up the scroll and handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and all the eyes of those in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them, this scripture that you've just heard 
has been fulfilled this very day. And everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by his gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? And he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb, physician, heal yourself, meaning do the miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth that no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Certainly, now listen to this, this is where the story gets kind of interesting. He says, certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time, where the heavens were closed for three and a half years. There was no rain, that's what that means. And a severe famine devastated the land. And Elijah was not sent to any of them, he was sent instead to a foreigner, not sent to any of the children of Israel. Remember, aren't, I mean, aren't they God's chosen people? Weren't they God's favorite uh, favorite people or favored people during that time? But when uh, this widow was in need, she were many lepers in, the, in Israel during the time of Elisha. Remember, Benji talked about this a week or two ago. You have Elijah and Elisha. And Elisha was the one that asked that when you leave, when the Lord takes you, I want a double portion of your spirit. And it says there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, but only one was healed, and that was Naaman of Syria. So there were no Jewish lepers that were healed, and there were no uh, Jewish widows that were taken care of during that time of famine, only these outsiders. And, of course, this made this Jewish congregation or this Jewish synagogue furious. It says when they heard this, the people, remember what we say earlier? That they, uh, they said to him, let's go back to the beginning, uh, that uh, he taught them uh, on a regular basis and he was praised by everyone. I was about 10 minutes ago, all right? He's given this message, and about 10 minutes later, and it says, uh, uh, it says, then, when they heard this, the people of the synagogue was furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill, which the town was built on, and they had intended to push him over a cliff, but he passed right through the crowd. They were trying to kill him. They were praising him just five or ten minutes earlier, but now they're ready to kill him because of the words that he just said. And so, let me just, I I want to, I really want you to get this, because if you get this, it'll change your life. Uh, So I'm going to back up, and I'm going to take you to those two stories in the Old Testament. One comes from 1 Kings chapter 17, the story about Elijah, and the second one comes uh, from 2 Kings chapter 4, the Lord said to Elijah, go live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Zidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and he arrived at the gate of the village, and he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, remember, there hasn't been any rain for three and a half years. Imagine that. Imagine, I mean, no crops, nothing's growing, no rain for three and a half years. And he says to her, would you bring me, please, a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called to her, and he said, bring me a bite of bread, too. And she said, 
I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in my house. I only have a handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of this jug. And I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I are going to die. I want you to think about it for a minute, especially mothers. You know, uh, how many of you have recently heard the story of, uh, in Raton, I think there was a, uh, a hunter that was chased up in a tree by a mother bear. Anybody remember that story? Uh, chased up at the tree, bear grabbed him by the foot and tried to pull him down. She had two cubs. She was watching out for her cubs. It happened also in the uh, Bayou or the, Cal- Cal- the Caldera. And it happened again. It's happened three times, three of these stories I've heard, that this mother would do anything to take care of her cubs. And I want to believe that that our women, our mothers, would do the same thing. They would do anything to take care of their children. And and why would this woman uh, give to a, a perfect stranger who just happens to show up? I mean, everybody's out of bread. Everybody's out of food. Why would she give to this absolute stranger something that you know she would you know she is saving for her and her son? I want to just tell you that that I believe that she recognized something about this man. I believe that uh, you know Elijah goes on and says, "Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first, and then use what is left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son." For this is what the Lord said, the God of Israel. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain upon the crops to grow. And she did, listen to this, and she did, and she did, and she did what Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat that bread uh, for many days. And there was always enough flour and always enough olive oil left in the container, just as the Lord promised through Elijah. So she was obedient to the word of God. Remember that God told Elijah to go and ask of this woman. So she was blessed. Her life was blessed. She didn't die. She was spared death and her son was spared death because she was obedient to the word of God. We pick up in Second Kings chapter 5. With this letter, this is the king of Aram, that's in Syria. He says, with this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, this man sends me a leper to be healed. Am I God that I can give life and take it away? Can I, I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay. He sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman the leper to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. And so Naaman, listen to this, went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha didn't even go out. He sent out a messenger and said to him, Stored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. He says, I thought he would certainly come out and meet me. 
He said, I expected him to wave his hand over my leprosy and call on the name of the Lord as God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and uh, Abana and Parfar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. I want you to think about this. If he had not come to his senses, if he had not listened, if he had not listened to the prophet, if he had not listened to the word of God, he would have died. He would have died a leper. But listen, as he's going away, his officers tried to read with, reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly listen to him, obey. You should certainly obey him when he says simply, go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Obedience. There's a, there's a blessing that comes with obedience. There's a blessing that comes with obedience. And I know that some of you are thinking, man, you don't know me. You don't know, you don't know nothing about my life. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know my wife. You don't know who I married. I married crazy. You know, you don't know nothing, you don't know nothing about me. Well, you're right. I don't, maybe I don't know nothing about you, but let's just take that that same crazy scenario and move it over to Ephesians where it says that Jesus Christ loved the church and he loved it. Now, who's the crazy one in that situation? And yet I see Jesus, even though he's married to someone that's crazy, we all get crazy sometimes, don't we? We all, Well, three of us do. All right. We all do stupid stuff. We, we all do crazy things once in a while. But the Bible says that Jesus remains faithful, that he was faithful to his bride. And he loved her and washed her and prepared her as a bride for himself. Okay? That's because he was obedient. And the Bible says that because he was obedient and he pleased his father, we know that obedience pleases God even today. You know, you know when I was young, I was... Uh, Raised in the Catholic Church uh, for about uh, about six months, maybe a year. It didn't last too long. Uh, but I remember, and it took me a while to learn this lesson. See, you could go to uh, confession if you wanted to have communion the next day. You could go to confession. And so we would uh, typically, we'd go to uh, a Saturday night confession so that we wouldn't have to get up earlier the next morning. And so, uh, man, you know, stupid me, I'm thinking, you know, it's still 12 hours before church, and you're not supposed to take communion with sin. And so I'd end up having to go to confession a second time the next morning, a Sunday morning confession. And unfortunately, I'd get the same priest. And, you know, you start out with, uh, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned, and it's been... Uh, about 10 hours since my last confession. And he would say, what? Like, seriously? You did all of this in 10 hours? Okay. 
I thank God that our God is not like that. And I don't have to go to a man and you don't have to go to a man to have your sins forgiven. The Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now, please don't think I'm hammering Catholics. I love the Catholics. I love the church. I, you know, I have a lot of Catholic friends, and I love them. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pouring out my heart to them. So, uh, uh, but listen to this. Let me just run through a couple of scenarios here where we see this blessing following obedience. Noah did, listen, Noah did everything just like God commanded him. That's in Genesis chapter 6 and Genesis chapter 7. And Noah did everything that the Lord commanded him. It says in Genesis chapter 12, and the Lord had said, oh, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 9, uh, God blessed Noah. Do, Noah did everything the Lord asked him to do. In Genesis chapter 9, it says, and God blessed Noah. Are you doing what the Lord's asking you to do? You know right from wrong. Have you just said, Lord, I'm going to put your ways over here for a while. Live my life the way I want to live my life because I know that you're a forgiving God. You're loving God. You forgive sin. But Paul says, shall we sin against God just because we're freely forgiven? Uh, The answer is absolutely not. No, no, no. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my command. Look at uh, Genesis chapter 12. And the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, leave this land, uh, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And Abraham listened to God. He was going to a place. He had no idea where he was going, but he listened to God. And it says that because of his obedience, God blessed him. In Acts chapter 13, I could go on and on and on for the sake of time. I won't. Acts chapter 13, verse 22 And God testified concerning David. He said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, and he will do everything. Some of the benefits that come with being obedient. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, it says, Take to heart all the words that I have solemnly declared to you today, so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They're not just idle words for you. They are your life. These words are your life. If you listen to them, not just reading these words means nothing. If you just read the word of God, it means absolutely nothing. But when you embrace it and when you do the word of God, he says that you will have life. You have life. All right. Remember, it says, uh, uh, Psalms, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 3. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. Says this will bring health to your body, nourishment to your bones. Don't be wise on your, in your own eyes, but listen to the Lord. Fear the Lord. Listen to his word, and it will bring health. If you guys, some of you that need health, health in your life today, just ask yourself, am I being obedient to the word of God? And then he says about money, he says, honor the Lord with your wealth. This is a command of the Lord, not just a, a tithe. I'm not just going to flip in a 10 or 20 or a 5. Uh, you know, he says 10%. Give the Lord the, the first fruit of your increase. And then he says, he says that if you do this, then your barns 
will be overflowing. How many of you have overflowing barns right now? That means that you don't have enough room to put anything else. See, there's not a lot of hands that go up. But if you want your barns to be overflowing, God says, bring him the first fruit of your increase. Uh, here's another benefit of believing and of being obedient to the word of God, that you'll have great peace. Some of you can't even lay your head on your pillow at night and go to sleep because you're so worried and you're so concerned. You toss and turn. You're worried about bills. You're worried in your life. But this is, this is what the word of, the God, of God says, Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace. Everybody say great peace. Great peace. Have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. I will wait for your salvation, Lord, and I will follow your commands. The Bible also says for those that are obedient to the word of God, they have answered prayer. I know that the Bible says that sometimes when we pray that the heavens seem like brass or bronze above us. That means it doesn't seem like your prayers are reaching to God. But if you are being obedient to the word of God, 1 John chapter 3 says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And we receive from him anything that we ask because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Now listen, finally, this is one that catches the, uh, the hearts and minds of many of you. You want great success in your life? Are you tired of being down? Are you tired of being the, ted, uh, the uh, tail and not the head? Are you tired of the tail wagging the dog? You know, are, are you fed up with being just beat up, being beaten up by life? Listen to what God told Joshua. Joshua was a very young man, and he was entering into territory that he didn't know. Never been there before. Never done that before. God says this one thing. He says, be strong, Joshua, and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go and whatever you do. You want to be successful wherever you go and whatever you do? Be obedient to the word of God. Now, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to just take a moment before I pray. But... Uh, I just, with eyes closed and bow your head, you can just raise your hand. How many of you know right now that you're not being fully obedient to the word of God? Just raise your hand. Let's see, I see hands going up all over the place. Yeah, thank you, you can put them down. Yeah, honestly, about half the hands in this auditorium went up. So here's what I, I want to say, that you will never on your own be able to fix the problem. You cannot fix the sin in your life. If you could fix sin in your life, there would be no need for Jesus to come. But because you can't fix sin, the Bible says you need a Savior. And that's why God sent his son, Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer just quietly. You can just say it under your breath, but just follow me in this prayer. Father, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that my sin is greater than my ability. Lord, to overcome it. And I'm just asking you, God, to give me a heart just like David had, a heart that does not want anything to do with sin. In fact, God, I ask that you cause me to hate my sin. I cause that you give, I ask that you give me the power to turn away from my sin. Father, I pray that you would 
forgive me my sin and cleanse me. And Lord, your word says that, that my sin in Isaiah says that my sin can become white as snow. I ask you, Lord, that change my heart about my sin. Turn my heart from my sin. And help me to live a life so that when people look at me, they would be envious. They would be jealous of the kind of life that I'm living. That they would see that I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. I ask these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.